0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Perspectives, Faskin's Business Law Podcast. I am Antoine Elouin, partner at the Montreal office, and today I'm joined with my colleague Yara Griffith. Hi, Yara. Hi, Antoine. Yara, also from our Montreal office, working, we're both working on the Charter of French Language. uh, And today we want to discuss the June 1st, 2023 uh, amendments that came into force. Uh, everybody heard about Bill ninety six and the modification to the Charter of French Language, um, but um, it's not everybody that knew that some provision came were coming into force one year later, uh, and that's where we are right now. And the first uh, topic we'll discuss are the changes affecting contracts of adhesion, uh, which came into force recently. First, I think we need to do some definition here. So when we talk about the contract of adhesion, Yara, what are we talking about?
1: Thanks, Antoine. So a contract of adhesion is a contract in which uh, the essential provisions were imposed or drawn up by one of the parties or on that party's behalf or upon their instructions and were not negotiable. So we can think of a website's Terms and conditions, we can think of insurance contracts, well, most ins- insurance contracts, or even an employment contract where uh, the worker or the employee was not able to negotiate essential provisions.
0: So the adhesion contract, um, we think a lot about consumer contracts, uh, especially the one online where the terms and services cannot be altered by uh, the adhering party. Um once we have established a, a contract is a contract of adhesion, um, what was the regime under the Charter before June 1st, and and what's different since then?
1: Mm-hmm. So before Bill 96, the Charter required that contracts of adhesion be drawn up in French unless the parties had consented or agreed to a contract in another language than French. So in practice, what what businesses would do is just include a language clause whereby the parties agreed to to contract in in another language than French, but it defeated the purpose of the law because the clause wasn't negotiable and um, the parties were never really able to have the opportunity to contract in another language than English. So what changes now under Bill 96 is that there's a French first requirement. So even if you know that the adhering party will want to contract in English or in another language than French, um, the requirement now is to provide a French version first before the parties can agree to be bound by a version in another language.
0: And how important it is for that French version, even if we know that the contract will be executed in English, how is it important that the uh, French version is really equivalent to the English version?
1: Oh, it's it's paramount, Antoine, because uh, under the modified charter, if there is a discrepancy between the English and French version, the adhering party or the party who did not draft the contract or document can choose either version according to their interests.
0: What if this requirement not to provide the French uh, version is provided in case of an adhesion contract. So it's not provided. The contract is, for example, in English, it's executed. What might be the consequences of of that lack of respect of this particular obligation?
1: So failure to comply with this requirement uh, can cause the nullity of the contract. So before uh, Bill 96, it was not possible to... uh, to ask that the contract be cancelled or annulled. But with Bill 96, uh, what changes that an adhering party can ask that the contract be cancelled without proving injury.
0: If um, the adhering party does not want to cancel the contract in its entirety, uh, is there any alternative for that person to Um, take benefit of that failure to provide the French version.
1: Yes, so a party can also ask that their obligations be reduced instead of asking that the contract be cancelled. So they have a series of new remedies. Uh, They can even also uh, invoke that a clause is uh, unenforceable upon them uh, because it was only provided in English. Um, And Antoine, I just wanted to circle back on the requirements because it will not apply to any contract of adhesions. There are some limited exceptions. For example, um, a borrowing agreement, a contract uh, whose object is the management of financial risks. I'm not going to list them all. Uh, but uh, there's also an exception for certain insurance contracts which do not have a French equivalent in Quebec, uh, come from outside Quebec, or are are not wi- widely used in Quebec.
0: And um, last year, we discussed the employment contract, who has very similar provision, but different ones. So uh, they are not covered by the same section of the charter. Um, you know, contract of adhesion, we said, Earlier, that consumer contracts were really often qu- qualify as contract of Um I want now to discuss to the change of the consumer protection act. Um, you know, we we had a lot of discussion about the modification to the Charter of French Language, or the Charter of Rights, or the Constitutional Act, but there are other legislation, the the Civil Code of Quebec. But the Consumer Protection Act also is modified by Bill 96. And there are specific provisions that came into force on on June 1st, 2023. Uh, What are they?
1: The Consumer Protection Act now requires that consumer contract, which have to be in writing by law, be provided in French first to the consumer. So it's a very similar rule to that of the the Charter of French Language for Contracts of Adhesion, but you have the, the 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 equivalent for consumer contracts that have to be in writing.
0: Does this new obligation bring additional remedy to the consumer uh, on top of what we discussed on the Charter of French Language?
1: Absolutely, Antoine, um, because as some of you may know, the Consumer Protection Act is very favorable towards consumers Uh, there is a very important regime for um, damages, including punitive damages.
0: Speaking of other legislation uh, that were modified by Bill 96, we have the Act Respecting the Legal Publicity of Enterprises that was modified as well. Uh, Can you explain what's the French component to that legislation that came into force and that will uh, require... Uh, many enterprises to change uh, the way they do their declaration every year?
1: Yes, Antoine. So, Bill 96 modified the Act Respecting the Legal Publicity of Enterprises to require that enterprises um, that are subject to this Act and employ 5 to 49 employees in Quebec declare the proportion of their employees who are not capable of communicating in French. So, just to clarify, this requirement applies to enterprises with at least five employees, but that are not subject to francization requirements. So, starting at 50 employees or more, other requirements apply under the charter. An enterprise must register with the OKLF and start uh, the, its francization process. But until then, so for uh, enterprises with five to 49, um, these businesses must declare the proportion of their employees that are, who are not capable of communicating in French, and that is done um, um, as part of their annual declaration or um, mise à jour courante with the registre des entreprises.
0: So the and that threshold in two years will be reduced to 24 employees because every uh, enterprises with 25 employees and more will now be subject to francization requirements so so just so everybody understands in practice what it change is an additional question in the declaration so let's say we have 10 employees two of them uh, are not able to communicate in french then the answer will be 20% right
1: exactly and this information will be public the purpose of this change is is intended to help the government determine um what enterprises are going to be offered free french courses
0: so that that's going to help princedation quebec to allocate their resources in order to train employees in uh, their french language capacity the last topic but a very important one uh, is is related to the changes affecting the civil administration and and therefore all the parties that contract with it. First, a question of definition. When we are referring to civil administration, what are we talking about?
1: The Charter offers a broad definition of civil administration in its uh, Schedule One. but in short, the civil administration includes the government, government departments, government bodies, municipal bodies, school bodies, uh, bodies in the health and social services network, um, and the rest are in Schedule 1.
0: Um, what is the paramount principle that comes into force on June first, 2023 that affects the Southern civil, civil Administration?
1: Well, that would be exemplarity, so an exemplary use of French, which is basically uh, an exclusive use of French wherever possible.
0: So that's in writing. That's oral use of the language, so that's in all, all the day-to-day activities of the administration. I understand it; it might change the language of work, or you know, internally how the uh, employees of the civil administration be, behave. But for our clients that contract with the civil administration, what are the obvious changes that are coming uh, to them?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's important for businesses. Uh, who contract with the government to know about these requirements because uh, when they offer services or enter into an agreement with the government, their use of another language than French will will be greatly limited, restricted to the exceptions that are set forth in the charter and its regulations.
0: Contracting is one thing, so in principle it would have to be in French, but the execution of the work what will be expected from uh, businesses that do uh, that do enter into a contract with the civil administration
1: so as a service provider that an enterprise or business will be uh, expected and required to offer services in French um, just like the government would have um, been required to if it was offering the services itself
0: there is the Politique Linguistique de l'État, there are two bylaws that came into force on June 1st. Can you tell me more about it?
1: So the Politique Linguistique de l'État replaces uh, its previous version that was last updated, I think, in 2011. And it sets for forth uh, the great principles um, mm-hmm. or general principles according to which the state must use French in, in an exemplary manner. The policy also um, states that the charter was not amended to infringe upon linguistic community rights. So uh, the goal is not to infringe upon Indigenous traditions or Anglophone communities. And the two regulations uh, specify exceptions that are set forth in the charter Um, and the exceptions where uh, a public body can use another language than French uh, more often in addition to French than in lieu of French.
0: So, So the principle is the exclusive use of French, and most of the exemptions permit to use French and another language instead of exclusively French. And there is a very limited number that permits to do anything with the state in another language than French. Exactly. Coming back to the obligation to be in good standing, okay, with the Frenchization obligation and not to have any uh, pursuit against the company for the use of uh, the language. What's the consequence when, when you talk about entering into a contract with the state if you're not in good standing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Antoine, before Bill 96, the Politique Linguistique de l'État already stated that the government shouldn't enter into agreements with uh, businesses that are subject to francization requirements and that are in bad standing um, uh, with regard to these obligations. Now this requirement was incorporated in the charter, so it's a norm. norm it's a strict obligation now for the government not to um, contract or grant a subsidy uh, to a company that is in bad standing with the OQLF. So uh, it could be that the company is required to register and has failed to do so. It could be that the company has not. Um, Put in place a francization program where the OQLF had ordered it to do so. It could be that the company is on the the OQLF's black list, and there are um, limited exceptions in the regulations for for the the government to um, circumvent this uh, prohibition. But the rule is that the government cannot enter into a contract with the company that fails to comply with francization requirements.
0: So for any business doing regularly business with the the, uh, government, it's very important to make sure that they are in good standing and that they take specific action to be uh, compliant with the Charter of French Language. Speaking of failure to act Uh, in accordance with the Charter, uh, can you remind us what are the powers that the uh, uh, OQLF have to uh, enforce the execution of these obligations?
1: Uh, Bill 96 gave teeth to the OQLF um, because before uh, this reform, the OQLF um, had a power to give formal notices and, you know, letters a slap on the hand to, to companies that did not comply. But now it has the power to issue orders. And a failure to comply with an order is a prosecutable offense uh, that can be so pr- prosecuted by the government and uh, can result in penal fines. The OQLA, also has the power to seek an injunction from the superior court to ask uh, that a uh, company or individual be forced to comply.
0: Well, that was the point that we want to make uh, in order to remind all of you of the changes at the Charter of French Language that came into force on June first. Thank you, Yara. For more information about the changes implemented by Bill 96, please go to our resource center on which you will find an annotated uh, legislation. You will also find a uh, self-assessment tool. And we do also the review of all the judicial proceedings. So you have copy of the proceedings, copy of the judgment, and we'll be updating that page as we go. You can also contact a member of our team for more information. So thank you for listening to our podcast. And we invite you to listen to the other episodes of Perspectives or even subscribe to our podcast series on your uh, favorite podcast app.